Welcome to Stuff You Should Know from HowStuffWorks.com. Hey, and welcome to the podcast. I'm Josh Clark, Charles W. Chuck Bryant, and Jerry. So it's Stuff You Should Know, the never-ending year. (laughs) Man, I am sleepy today. Yeah. Got into a little whiskey last night. Oh, that'll make you sleepy. Really nice bourbon. What kind? I can't remember the name of it, but, you know, uh, one of those small batches. It's, I wish I could. Was it was a bourbon and not rye. I'd love to plug it. It was bourbon. It was delicious. Okay, cool. So Very smooth. Let me let you in on a little, little, little known fact. You've told me this, but tell everyone else. About rye? Oh, yeah. It's a big deal, man. I think mm-hmm. we need to spread the word. Yeah. So you know all those... Little small batch distilleries that make rye, and they all have these crazy backstories and all that stuff. I do. All, all lies. I know. Almost across the board. <laughs> yeah. Lies. Most of the small batch rye in sold in the United States by craft distilleries is made in a single factory in Indiana. Josh was using a lot of air quotes then, including on Indiana, which I didn't quite get. <laughs> And then they sell it to these people who like put a new label on it, mark the price whatever they want, even though it's the same thing. You're drinking whether it's this craft distillery or that craft distillery. It's literally the same rye. Yeah. Put a folksy backstory on, and then you're a chump for buying it. That's that's not true with bourbon. It's just this rye. Yeah, yeah. But a good giveaway is is the rye you're drinking, five year old rye. And the distillery has only been around since last year. Mm-hmm. Probably a pretty good bet that they bought and rebottled it. Yeah, and that is a true Josh fact, not like the cigars are supposed to be inhaled when. That's yes, that's not true. It's tobacco. What do you think you do with tobacco? Cigar writers write in. Let's clear this. Yeah, one. man, I, I will forever stand behind. You're supposed to inhale cigars. No, you're not. All right, all right. I mean, you're just. Puffing your mouth full of smoke for no reason. Okay. Why? Why would you do that? What's the point of that? I don't know, man. Well, okay. So not only can you, do you have to write in and say, yes, you're, you're just supposed to puff on a cigar and not inhale. You have to explain to them what the point of a cigar is. You know, you can read up on this. It's pretty easy. That's fine. Okay. I don't need to read. I'm, <laughs> I know that I'm right. Okay. Okay. So you sit in your flooded yard and inhale cigars all day long. That's right. <laughs> We so, should just have an episode where we do this and just shoot the breeze. I think this is called arguing, not shooting the breeze. Shooting the ah. breeze is talking about football scores and the weather and all that stuff. We could argue about football scores. There is a. Did the Falcons win or did they lose? Oh, dude, they lost to the Browns. Yeah, they played the Browns, but it was a close game for a while, right? Oh, it was a heartbreaker. Yeah, the terrible, terrible, terrible team. I hate them. See, that's shooting the breeze. That's right. <laughs> so you mentioned cigars, which actually provides a segue, so let's walk it back to it. Okay. There's actually, if you think of cinnamon, which is what we're talking about today. Yeah, one of our commodity podcasts. Yeah, which is the original name for the How Stuff Works TV show. Yeah. Little known little known fact. Very little known. Um, but if you think cinnamon, you think of like, you know, you go up to the grocery store and you pick up like that 
metal can of McCormick's, and you shake it, and it makes that nice, hollow, tinny sound. Oh, with the sticks? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Or, yeah, I guess you can think of ground cinnamon, too. I forgot about that stuff. But yeah. when you think cinnamon sticks, sure, that's what you think of, right? Yeah. And you pop the, the top open, and you shake a couple out, and you look at them, and it, it's like a, it looks like a little stick. And if you look really closely, it's like curled, right? Yeah. And then, like, you... um Put it back in the can and put it back on the store shelves and wipe your hands and go walk away. <laughs> but what you would probably be surprised to find would be if you dumped one of those out into your hand and it looked kind of like a cigar. Like rather than yeah. hollow and curled when you're looking down the barrel, it looks stuffed like a cigar. But if you did see that, what you would have just come across is Ceylon cinnamon, also an appropriately known as true cinnamon. Yeah. Also known as tree bark. Yeah. Which, to me, is the fact of the podcast. I had no idea that cinnamon was tree bark. Yeah, but think about it. Now that you know that, when you think about what cinnamon sticks look like... Yeah, totally makes sense. looks like curl-up tree bark, which is exactly what it is. Man, we we could quit now, and people have gotten their zero dollars worth. (laughs) I know. I know. It's like lightning in their headphones. But we won't, uh, because we're going to tell you more than you ever needed to know about cinnamon... Uh, obviously the stick form is how you can buy it. You can also buy the powdered form and sprinkle it on some, uh, bread with some butter and sugar. Yes. Cinnamon uh, toast. Delicious. If you have an orchid that you've ever overwatered, um, you want to take some scissors and trim off any rotted roots uh-huh. and then dab them in cinnamon. No way. And it staves off any infection. I just recently brought an orchid back using cinnamon as an antimicrobial or fungal, I guess. Emily has made uh, an all-natural flea uh, preventative, preventive, preventative, preventative for our dogs. It's uh, it's got cinnamon oil, mm-hmm. uh, essential oil, and some other. I think uh, eucalyptus and maybe camphor, and then uh, you know something that's all distilled or not distilled, but mixed with mm-hmm. olive oil and water. Right. And uh, yeah, it's like all natural. We sprayed on a sprayed on a little bandana and tied it around their necks. Nice. Um, it's also a proven. Uh, mosquito repellent. Yeah. And killer of mosquito larva. Uh-huh. And... Natural pesticide. Right. Plus, it's a dynamite name for a pet. Cinnamon? Yeah. yeah. It's pretty much got it all. That's pretty good. Again, we could stop here, but we won't. Uh, so cinnamon, the commodity, the yes. spice, it, it, it has a pretty long history, actually. Um, I read that it first pops up in writing... In 2700 BC, C, no, BCE. BCE. Yeah. That's a long time ago. In a Chinese text about uh, botanical medicines. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Because of all the things we just mentioned you can do with it. Yeah. And then Moses was messing around with it in the Old Testament. Yeah, he used it uh, in his anointing oil, his uh, Moses brand anointing oil. Right. That he got rich off of. Man, and, he made uh, so much cash. <laughs> Uh, Egyptians supposedly used it for embalming. I th- for, so I looked that up because this article was kind of like, isn't it weird? And um, <laughs> I think they used it to mask the smell of embalming. Okay, during that, embalming, that makes a little more sense. Yes. Well, that's used in embalming, I guess. Yeah. Just as a, but not as the agent, embalming agent. Right. Yeah. But it may have been part of the embalming agent. Okay. Well, they definitely used it to uh, when they would burn. Uh, with funeral pyres, when they would burn bodies, they would use cinnamon because it's so aromatic and pungent. Yeah. And dead burning bodies are stinky. Right, but it was also extraordinarily expensive. Apparently, Pliny 
mention that um, at the some – Is there any other? <laughs> uh, he uh, mentioned that at some point the cost of cinnamon, a pound, uh, the equivalent of a pound of cinnamon would have been 10 months wages oh, for wow. the average Roman. Yeah. Um, so they – I mean they used it, but they used it fairly sparingly, which is to say um, Nero, the emperor Nero. Sure. Uh, who didn't fiddle while Rome burned, by nope. the way. No, no. Uh, he burned apparently like a year's supply worth when on his wife's funeral pyre. That's Just basically, basically show off, I would guess. Yeah, I was thinking uh, while I was reading this about how I thought it was kind of funny how spices used to be so, like, the trade and so expensive. Yeah. And then when I go to the store, I was like, spices are still kind of expensive, some of them. Yeah, not 10 months wages worth, and no, but there's if, not a lot of slavery <laughs> associated with it. No, but if you're paying like, I guess it's because of the size of the thing. You're paying like sometimes like $6 for a little. No, I know what you mean. Little tiny jar of it. Right. Or, uh, what's the, um, like compared saffron, to- man? Yes. Super expensive. It is, although Trader Joe's has some for a reasonable price. Oh yeah? Yeah, they have a, a little, uh, a little mini fistful, a baby's fistful, I think is the, the, um, the unit of measurement on the bottle for like six bucks. That, that's super cheap. Or not bad. And I think one of the reasons, uh, spices are still kind of pricey is many of them, including cinnamon, are still, uh, not mechanized. They're still very labor intensive. Yeah. To harvest. Well, the reason cinnamon came down in price, cause even, even still, even, I think there was a, one of the Roman emperors decreed, he set maximum prices for the whole Roman Empire, and at the time, that basically meant for the the whole world, right? Um, and he set the price at about half or a third of what Pliny said was the peak per baby's price, fist, right? For well, yes, yeah. Um, and uh, even still, it was extraordinarily high. Like you had to be one of the well, the aristocracy basically to afford yeah. cinnamon. But then it came down in the late, I believe the late 18th century, by the time the English got into the game. Um, and we'll talk a little more about this right after this. And this is not a message break, so everybody <laughs> chill out. But um, it came down in price because originally there's just the true Ceylon cinnamon. Yeah. And then people said, well, there's this other cinnamon in Indonesia. And uh, Vietnam hasn't been established as a country yet, but there's still people living here and yeah. have been for thousands of years. And they got their own kind of cinnamon. Uh, and then there was a, another kind of cinnamon in China. And all these are types of cassia. But it's so close to cinnamon and even more pungent that everybody in Europe saying – We'll accept this as a substitute. So all prices came down because the supply became more widespread. Gotcha. So that brings us to a very good point. There are two types of cinnamon, the Ceylon, which you mentioned, and the Kasha, which you mentioned. Uh, The Ceylon is uh, Southeast Asian uh, native, but it is not the kind that you're going to find in the grocery store, correct? Uh, the Ceylon? Yeah. In a really high-end grocery store, you'd find it. Well, but mostly you'd probably- And I haven't found it, because I don't shop in those places. <laughs> well, you, I mean, you could probably find it at Whole Foods. Yeah. But if you're going to spend the money for Ceylon cinnamon, you're probably going to want to buy it in stick form, because there's a lot of unscrupulous- Sure. Spice dealers out there. <laughs> and like, they could powder anything and just tell you it is, but you wouldn't know the difference. Yeah. The, the street corner spice dealers. Exactly. With their knockoff, uh, nutmegs. Yeah. The ones who like open the side of their trench coat, like, <laughs> what do you want? What do you want? I got baby's fist of saffron right here. I got Ceylon cinnamon. I can take care of you. Um, the cassia is cheaper and stronger in odor and flavor. And, uh, 
those aren't the only types of cinnamon. Apparently, there are more than a hundred wild types of cinnamon trees. Yeah, all over the world. Yeah, and there's well, not um, all over the world, but in many parts of the world. Right. So there's and there's true cinnamon, which is uh, in Sri Lanka, and then there's Indonesian cassia. Then there's also Vietnamese cassia and Chinese cassia, um, and all of those are commercially available. If yeah. you're here in the United States or in Canada, you're probably eating um, cassia. Right. And when you say true cinnamon, that's just not you being snooty. It's called true cinnamon. Right. Yeah. People. No, no, no. No. <laughs> Thank you for pointing that out. Yeah. And then uh, if you're in Mexico and Europe, you're probably eating Ceylon. Those are the most popular varieties. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Nice. So I mentioned uh, earlier on one of what I think is the fact of the podcast is that it's tree bark. And how you cultivate it is pretty interesting. And we will detail that right after this message break. So if you want to uh, get edible cinnamon, it's pretty neat. You basically cut the tree back to a stump, yeah, cover it with dirt, and wait a year, and that makes it grow like a bush. And these shoots are going to pop out, and it's going to – if you've ever seen these things online, it looks like it starts to curl already like off the branch. Right. I mean, it looks like cinnamon just waiting to happen Yeah. because it is. And they uh, strip off that bark and set it out to dry in the sun, and then that's when it curls up. Mm-hmm. Like, um, what's the uh, the white tree with the real paper-like uh, birch? Is that a birch? I, I think so. Yeah, it sort of looks like that. Not like pine bark. Is it a birch? I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, I think it is a birch. Birch tree? Yeah. They're like so the real paper. Pretty. Yeah, very pretty. <laughs> uh, and then once you have it dried out, you're going to cut it up into your sticks and... From there, you're going to package it uh, according to what kind it is and like how good it is, basically, how strong it is. Right. And um, so that's cassia. For um, Ceylon, true cinnamon, it's actually the inner bark. So you peel the outer bark off and just like throw it away or light a fire with it or something like that. Then you go after the inner bark. Yeah. And for um, millennia, there was actually one cast in Sri Lanka whose job it was, was to harvest cinnamon. Wow. No one else could do it. Either you were too low on the totem pole or too high on the totem pole. And when the Portuguese came along, because the spice trade had been cut off by the Turks in about 1200, the Portuguese came along, found the uh, the source of cinnamon, which is a huge thing, Chuck. Before, everybody just basically thought it, it, they fished it out of the Nile People thought there were cinnamon birds that made cinnamon sticks, and no one had any idea where to get them. Silly people, but it was because the uh, traders along the Silk Road, Silk Road, were um, they'd make up these stories, and people would believe it. So finally, the Portuguese find out to keep them from finding out. Yes. Okay. And misdirection. Yes, and to um, justify the ridiculously high prices of cinnamon. Oh, sure. Like, well, we have to go harvest these sticks from a cinnamon bird's nest, and we can get killed, right? So um, the Portuguese come along and they're like, well, we can point to at least one inefficiency. How about we enslave all of you and put you all to work rather than just this one cast of your society to harvest cinnamon? And that up cinnamon production. But what's funny is it took the Dutch to come along and, and oust the Portuguese and then they themselves can continue to enslave the Sri Lankans. Yeah. Um, they, they thought maybe we could cultivate these trees elsewhere. Like nobody had thought to cult, to take these trees and plant them elsewhere and, and then expand the supply like that. Right. They just figured, well, we'll just let mother nature do it. They're like Subaru drivers. 
They're just leaving it up to Mother Nature rather than cultivating the stuff. It took hundreds Is that of their slogan or hundreds something? of years. Now remember, there was that stupid commercial where the guy just let his Subaru get dirty when he was like mudding and going camping and yeah. hiking and all that stuff. And then he's like, and I don't wash my car. I just leave it up to the universe. And then it starts raining and oh. it like gets all the dirt and dust off of his car. That's that's great. Yes. <laughs> Good for him. You know, Elvis used to shoot the TV when Robert Goulet came on. He, yeah. And when he was really mad, he'd shoot like the toaster <laughs> oven or the dishwasher or whatever. Yeah. But if he was watching TV and Robert Goulet came on, he would shoot his TV. Did you see that thing I posted on our Facebook page the other day about his drug intake at the yeah. end? He was prescribed almost 9,000 pills or injectables in the last three months before he died. That's a lot. Like, that would just take up most of your time ingesting all of those. Yeah, I think I calculated it was something like uh, 30, 35 pills a day or something, or injectables. It's a lot. But my grandmother still says, God rest her soul, you know, Elvis's doctors killed him. Yeah. And I didn't have the heart to tell her that Elvis was a big, fat junkie. <laughs> <laughs> you know? She was from Memphis, and they, like, still were like, oh, no, his doctors, they just had him going every which way. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, no, Elvis really loved taking those pills. I got to. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, sort of like the Michael Jackson thing. Yeah, he liked his milk. <laughs> All right, so back to cinnamon. Oh, yeah. Uh, they have a grading system uh, called the Sri Lankan grading system, and that uh, divides it into these quills into sizes. The Alba, which is 0. 0.2 inches or less in diameter. The Continental, uh, which is 0. 0.6. Uh, Mexican, almost 0. 0.8 inches. And then Zahambog, which is 1.3 inches. Right. Around. That's, that's some, a serious quill. It's like a cigar. Yeah. And some of these things, they use like circular saws to cut these in production sometimes. Really? Yeah. That's pretty impressive. It's super impressive. Um, the, the Ceylon is, uh, sold in quill form and it's, uh, gonna have that crumbling texture. It's really easy to grind up. And the cassia, is the ground cinnamon that you're going to find in your uh, grocery store, but it's too hard to grind yourself. Probably. Yeah, so. it's not entirely true. I ground some up the other day for oh, yeah? a uh, tagine recipe I tried. Probably not powdery though. Was it still pretty chunky? It was. Yeah. I mean, it 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 broke it down pretty well. After reading this, I was like, well, that explains why it didn't get at all. But right, I'm glad I didn't mess up my coffee grinder. Oh yeah. You know, you really can believe me. Sure. <laughs> what uh, what'd you make? Uh. Olive and preserved lemon tagine. Was it good? It was pretty good. It was hotter than it, I expected. Um, and I think they should have mentioned that in the hotter. recipe. Like, this is very hot. Yeah. Because the preserved lemons I used were hot in and of themselves. Yeah. And so the whole thing was really hot. So you, me, and I are eating and our noses are running. <laughs> You're like, this is we're great. like, this is so good, but <laughs> I can't feel my face anymore. Wow. Yeah. But it was, it was good. Elvis used to shoot his cook when she made things too hot. Right. <laughs> That's not true. Yeah. He'd also inject preserved lemons. <laughs> he probably did. I know he injected peanut butter and banana fluff. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, well, that brings us to cooking with cinnamons, what you were just talking about. Um, it's a lot, a lot of the time it's used in baking here in the States or the quote West, unquote. All right. Like as a baking, like sugary desserts and stuff like that, or maybe in a drink. Yeah. Like a toddy. Sure. But, or um, like anything at Starbucks. Yeah, that's true. They've got that shaker of cinnamon out for a reason. Use it. 
<laughs> but like you were saying, uh, in the East, like an Eastern dish like that, it's uh, used a lot to like flavor meat and then curries and stuff. Yeah, which is kind of a, in the idea that the West only uses it to sweeten or for desserts or that kind of thing is, um, relatively new because during the Middle Ages in Europe, uh, the, the, the elite, again, would mm-hmm. use cinnamon especially to, um, cover up preserved meat. And maybe even to preserve meat, but they used it on like meat and savory dishes back back when. Yeah. Then at some point it made the transition to dessert. I get it. It's nice on an apple pie. Yeah. Or and, uh, cinnamon or, toast, like I mentioned. And horchata. That's good stuff with cinnamon. Mm. Horchata regular. Right, Jerry? Thumbs up. Uh, if you buy cinnamon in the store and you want to preserve it, uh, you get store it in a glass airtight container would be the best deal. Oh, yeah. It's going to keep it nice and fresh and flavorful. Uh, and it can stay fresh, those sticks, for about a year uh, if you store it right, which is awesome. If it's ground, it's, uh, it ha- lasts about half of that, that long. Yeah, it's... I've, I've had cinnamon in my cupboard for a long time. Oh, yeah. And I've got still, some ancient sticks. It's like that and the bay leaves. Just, yeah. You know? The thing is, is the difference, I think, between like fresh bay leaves and, and dry bay leaves are, is significant. I know, but why do they sell you 30 bay leaves when you need two for any given dish? Well, I know. I don't know. I always want to like post on social media like, I'm cooking with bay leaves, so please come by and get some bay leaves. Yeah. Because they're just going to end up in the trash. Right. No, I know. Anytime I've ever gone to your house, you've always given me bay leaves. <laughs> Stale bay leaves. That's kind of what you're known for. <laughs> Um, I put a uh, little cinnamon in the, uh, in our chili recipe too. Yeah. I think the Cincinnati chili is famous for that. Skyline oh yeah, chili. that's right. You told me that. That's um, good. And, uh, curries. It's really good in curries Ooh, too. Yeah. Uh, and, um, just pa- basically any Indian dish or Bangladeshi dish. Yeah. A little goes a long way though. Yeah. By the way, like just a pinch or so in some of these dishes, you can really taste the flavor. If you overdo it, you're, you're going to be tasting nothing but cinnamon. Right. If, you use kasha. Yes. That's another big distinction. I think you already said it, but it's worth touching upon again. Ceylon cinnamon is known to be much subtler sure. and less pungent than kasha cinnamon. Yeah. Um, and it's just kind of more, it has, it offers a more subtle flavor. So, um, you actually might want to use kasha for a dish where it's gonna, it could fade into the background. Right. And then use your Ceylon for like a tea. Yeah. You know, cause it'll melt right into your, uh, your teacup there, won't it? Plus, it may or may not aid in digestion, which is a pretty great segue to this next part, the health benefits of cinnamon, which we'll talk about right after this. Stuff you Stuff you All right, Josh, health benefits. Um, now, a lot of this in the article says some believe may or may not but didn't you find some pretty good hard yeah. evidence of, of some of this stuff? There's been a lot of peer-reviewed studies done on cinnamon that have turned up some pretty awesome things about it. Yeah. So let's talk about them. Antioxidants, for one. Fighting free radicals that damage cells. Yeah, we should do an episode on that. Yeah. There's a whole... So the whole idea that uh, of why we age and why we die eventually yeah. is because we we get bombarded with like ions and free radicals like atoms that are unstable and are right. just bouncing around our bodies and just wearing down cells and that's why we age and that's why we die. Apparently that's been coming under attack lately. So oh, really? yeah, so I think we should we should do an episode on on free radicals and the free I think it's called the free radical theory of aging. Yeah, that's great because um people 
everyone says antioxidants, but nobody knows what that means. Right. Well, supposedly like, those stabilize right. unstable atoms, and so they they therefore go after the free radicals and clump onto them or stabilize them, and then your cell is saved. Right. You know? But whether or not that's actually does anything or is real, it, the jury's still out, apparently. So look for that in 2015. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, it is uh, definitely known as an antimicrobial and antifungal. Yeah, antiseptic as well, antibiotic, uh, astringent. It's got lots of neat properties, but you don't want to like take pure cinnamon essential oil and put it on your skin because... Or you want to dilute it some. Yeah, it also can like blister. I mean, it's pretty severe. Emily has it in her shop, and mm-hmm. just the smell of it, it doesn't... It's one of those things that it's like it doesn't even smell like cinnamon. And it's oh yeah, because it's oil so concentrated. Yeah, yeah. Um, it doesn't take much essential oil actually uh, to have an antiseptic effect. Yeah. Apparently, the, one study found a ten percent concentration of uh, cinnamon oil, and the active ingredient I don't know if we said is cinnamaldehyde. Yeah, we did not. Um, so it, it's not the only the only ingredient in there, but cinnamaldehyde's the big boss active ingredient and. In, Cinnamon's antiseptic properties, and I think what gives it its taste. Um, but the cinnamaldehyde, or the 10% cinnamon oil uh, concentration, has been shown to kill staph, E. coli, MRSA, strep. Those are some big-time players in making you sick. MRSA. Heck yeah. It's apparently been found a 10% dilution can kill um, other kinds of uh, antibiotic-resistant bacteria. Yeah. It's like the real deal. Totally. And apparently, did you see that thing on thieves oil that I sent you from the New York Times? Uh, I did not read that one. It was pretty cool. Yeah. Um, th- there's this thing called thieves oil from the Middle Ages. Apparently, people used to steal jewelry off of dead bodies. Uh-huh. And they keep they themselves do. from getting sick, yeah. from having to stick their hands literally neck deep <laughs> into a corpse to get a necklace off. Sure. Um, they would use a stuff called thieves oil. It was like basically a hand sanitizer that consisted of uh, cinnamon, lemon oil, and eucalyptus. Oh. And it really worked. And they would uh, not get sick after they looted bodies. Yes. Well, that's nice. Because they'd have a, a glove of that stuff on. We should have saved that for our Christmas episode. <laughs> Tis the season. Yeah. Um, it also, cinnamon has something called uh, calmarin. Calmer- C-O-U-M-A-R-I-N, which is toxic, though. So while uh, cinnamon has a lot of great, helpful properties, you can overdo it. And it can cause liver damage, kidney damage, uh, in dust form. It can cause asthma. Um, There was a study done by workers, not by workers, on cinnamon workers. And I think they studied 40 workers with an average of four-year service. Uh Uh-huh. And 87.5% had some sort of negative symptom. Uh, like liver or kidney? Uh, no, nine of them, uh, 22% had asthma. Oh, wow. 50% irritation of the skin, 37% loss of hair, um, 22% smarting of the eyes, and 65% loss of weight. That was the most common finding. So that's the jury's still out on that, on whether or not cinnamon can help you actually lose weight. Well, it helped them. Huh. Um, but I don't think in a good way. Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, some people like believe you should take tapeworms to lose weight. So, um, but whether or not cinnamon actually helps is kind of a, um, I don't know. The science is still out on it, but there's a little more science to cinnamon being helpful for type two diabetes because apparently 
uh, taking, uh, I think, a gram or something of si- or six grams of cinnamon, which is a decent amount, yeah. with a meal, um, prevents your food from being digested quickly. So you'll still feel full, mm-hmm. but your food doesn't enter, it doesn't hit your bloodstream in a big spike. Right. Which means that your blood sugar levels don't spike either. It's just kind of like it all, it turns your food into like slow release nutrition. Interesting. Yeah. So that's, it could actually be very helpful for people with type 2 diabetes because it, it basically arrests the spike in the glycemic index that comes from eating foods. Are they recommending that at this point or is it like they, they're just sort of looking into it? They're looking into it still. Okay. I mean, depending on the website you go to, it recommends it or else. Oh, right. I don't, it doesn't seem like anybody's not recommending it. I think if anything, they're, they're including a warning like, if you're going to do this, use true cinnamon. Right. Because cash is the stuff that has the more coumarin in it. Like, Ceylon cinnamon has 0.017 grams per kilogram of coumarin. But if you get the Saigon cinnamon, which is, Fairly um, widespread, which is a type of cassia. It's got seven grams per kilogram wow. of coumarin, and that's the stuff that can hurt your liver and kidneys. Gotcha. So I guess if you're going to add that to your diet as a diabetic, you should probably definitely use the, the Ceylon cinnamon. Yeah, and one thing you definitely don't want to do is uh, the cinnamon challenge like these morons yeah. on YouTube, including the governor of Illinois – who took the challenge? Rob Blagojevich? Uh, Rod Blagojevich? <laughs> is that his name? Yeah, remember, it was a few years back. He was, um, he, they got him for corruption. Yeah, I'm not sure if that was him or not. He was or trying was... to sell Barack Obama's old seat when he became president. Oh, yeah, I remember that guy. I don't Rod, know if that was him or not. I Rod Blagojevich. <laughs> wow, it's almost like you're vomiting the name out. Peter There's Bogdanovich? No... <laughs> no, that's easier to say. Yeah. Blagojevich. Don't do the cinnamon challenge. That is a stupid thing on YouTube where I think you're tasked with, is it a tablespoon? Yeah. Of swallowing a tablespoon of cinnamon. In a minute. In a minute, which is uh, not good for you at all. And harder than it sounds. Uh, in 2012, just the first six months of 2012, uh, there were 178 emergency calls uh, to poison control centers around no. the U.S. Really? Because of the cinnamon challenge. And that is because it contains cellulose. And it can lodge in your lungs because you're not your body's not going to break down that cellulose. Oh. And uh, Dr. Lipschultz, who was consulted in this article that I read, said uh, it's coated with the caustic cinnamon oil and it's going to lead to chronic inflammation and eventual scarring of your lungs, uh, pulmonary fibrosis. And he basically says it's equivalent to emphysema. And it can trigger an asthma attack. And if you have bad asthma, it can oh, yeah. kill you even. Plus also... Um Consuming cinnamon in excess can cause nausea, vomiting, redness of the face, lip swelling. Yeah. You don't want that. And it's tree bark. Yeah. It tastes lovely in a pinch, but, um, don't, don't, uh, do that. That's, that's stupid. Don't do what the governor of Illinois does. <laughs> yeah. If it was that same guy, then we can recommend that on many levels. Cause he did a lot of dumb stuff. Yeah. Cinnamon. That's it. I got nothing else. Uh, if you want to know more about cinnamon, type that word into the search bar at HowStuffWorks.com. And since I said search bar, it's time for Administrative Detail. That's right. We're going to finish up today saying thank you to all of you who have sent us nice things. Yep. Uh, from postcards to books to music to mug rugs. Yeah. 
we get a lot of stuff, and we always appreciate it. So, here we go. Ketra Obalanda, for our, uh, her original artwork. I'm assuming Ketra is a lady, but maybe not. I believe so. Um, as part of her Art of Generosity experiment. And she even said, That's like... That's right. I like, remember that. She's like, I don't need a shout-out or a thanks or anything. I'm just doing this as part of Art for Generosity. Yeah, I think she does... It's like one thing a week, or wasn't there like a some rules to it? There were rules, but I didn't memorize. It was something like that, and she, yeah, she specifically said not to say thank you, but we're saying thank you. Thank you. Did she specifically say not to, or say she didn't need one? Because if she said not to, we really shouldn't thank her. No, I don't think she said not to. I think okay. she said I really don't need it. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we want to give a big thanks to Marty from Hawaii for sending us real Hawaiian sea salt. We got red and black. Oh yeah, from Pacifica, Hawaii. That's right. I've used that. On my food. Good stuff. Uh, thanks to Melissa Clymer for sending us uh, the book, Free Will, by Sam Harris. Yep. Um, and we've been exercising our free will by not reading that yet. Bam. Peter McGraw and Joel Warner sent us a copy of their book, The Humor Code, and a whoopee cushion. Go check that out, and you can follow them on Twitter, too. We got a whoopee cushion? Uh-huh. I just thought that was uh, no. Holly from Stuff You Miss in History Class. I know you thought that. <laughs> Everyone knows you thought that. Emily and Flavia for uh, the IKEA postcard and the well wishes. Yes, Tyler Murphy has sent us a bunch of stuff. Um, he oh, Murph, us, he's yeah. the man. Yes, he is the man. He sent us a copy of uh, the DVD CSA Confederate States of America. Yeah, sent us the book The Mind of Adolf Hitler, which is a very hard to find World War II era analysis, like psychoanalysis of Hitler. Oh yeah, and a very nice letter and a half pound of Dark Canyon Highlander Grog Coffee, which is the bomb. Yeah, Tyler's awesome. He's uh, a teacher as well, which yep. means he's super cool. Uh, and he works at uh, Putt-Putt over the summer. Oh, yeah. Like Pirate's Cove or something. Yeah, yeah. I was like, what do you do? He's like, you know, hand out the putters and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> like, that sounds like a great job. That place is great. Uh, congratulations to Mina uh, Wen and Blake Rosendahl on their wedding. Yeah. And they invited us, and we appreciate that, and we're sorry we couldn't make it. Yeah. Elliot Nispoziani, yeah. who is actually from Adult Swim PR. Oh, yeah. They sent us the Rick and Morty episodes and one of my prized possessions, the Book of Boring Science stuff. It's pretty great. That you open up a couple of pages and bam, it's carved out. There's a Rick and Morty flask inside. That's right. And I've got that sitting on my bar at home. Nice. Uh, thank you to Andrew uh, Goch. Geo. Go. Golf. Goff. It's one of the two. Goof. I would say Goff. Andrew Goof. 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 Um He sent us coffee, too, from the Reverie Coffee, uh, coffee Roasters. Yeah. And we, we like our coffee. Good stuff. Yeah. Thanks, Andrew. Um, Joanna and Jaren from uh, Boogie sent us uh, Boogie Board Jot 8.5-inch LCD e-writers. All three of us got those. That was a huge present. Yeah. I've got that on my fridge, actually. Yep. Because it's magnetic. Goodness. Yes, it is. Uh, Thomas Shaw, thanks for the illustrations that uh, your brother made. Yep. They were really awesome, and you can go to imagineillustration.com to check those out. Uh, we got two more. One, Bethany Jones of the Base Element from Ontario gave us five types of handmade caramels. They were delicious. We got them a long time ago. Yeah. We ate them a long time ago. There was fudge, vanilla, fleur de sel, and ginger, and then cinnamon fudge. And they were awesome. I recommend them. You can go to the.base.element at gmail.com. And by go to, I mean email that address. Yeah. And then lastly, Kayla Bowler 
from Roanoke, Indiana, sent us some beautiful cobalt blue ceramic mugs that unfortunately arrived in a million, billion, trillion pieces. Yeah, he knows too. He was like, they broke, didn't they? I went, yep. They, oh man, <laughs> I think you need a new word to describe what happened to those things. Broke doesn't say it. Uh, yeah, huge thanks to Brian oh. Bishop. Man, yes. He is, uh, he actually works with Adam Carolla. Yeah. Fellow podcaster. Yep. And went through cancer and wrote a book called Shrinkage, uh, Manhood, Marriage, and the Tumor That Tried to Kill Me. Mm-hmm. And it's a really funny book. It's got a forward by Adam Carolla. And Brian is just super awesome. It made us feel good that he listens to our show. Yeah. Because he's a big shot Thanks, in podcasting. Brian. So thank you very much for that, Brian. I've got another one, too. Garrett Nice just sent us some um, homemade brownies. Yes. Garrett is, uh, I think he's like 11 or 12 years old. Garrett, that is very nice he, of you. I think he baked them himself. He also had some other things to offer. I can't remember, but it was like brownies or his own pancake batter or something weird like that. That is nice of Garrett Nice. Yeah, and uh, my final one is thanks, as always, to Little Bit Sweets. Oh, yeah. Uh, handmade candy in Brooklyn, New York. They've been friends and supporters for years, and they are growing, and they are awesome. Yep. You can so, visit uh, them at Chelsea Market. Yeah, go to Chelsea Market or just go to uh, look up Little Bit Sweets on the internet and buy some of their delicious, delicious candy and candy bars. Yeah, man, their um, honeycomb candy is uh, as addictive as it gets. Yeah, and I've said it a million times. The King Bar, to me, is the best candy bar on planet Earth. It's a good one. So good. All right, uh, so that's it for administrative details. We are cleared out. No one send us anything. Unless they're Christmas cookies, I guess, for the rest of the year. Mona. So we can start over again fresh in 2015. Okay. Anyway, if you want to get in touch with us, you can tweet to us at SYSK Podcast. You can join us on Facebook.com slash Stuff You Should Know. You can send us an email to StuffPodcast at HowStuffWorks.com. And as always, join us at our home on the web, StuffYouShouldKnow.com. For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit HowStuffWorks.com. 